0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. With a general election ruled out for at least a year, concerns are being raised at government level about the impact of artificial intelligence, how it could affect forthcoming elections. The Minister for Housing, Dara O'Brien, is said to have echoed that concern over the technology to the newly established Election Commission. So, uh, how should we react? Would more legislation do any good? Well, joining me now is Barry Scannell, Senior Solicitor with William Fry's Technology Group. Barry, good morning.
1: Good morning, Pat. Thanks for having me back.
0: Now, are these concerns uh, major concerns or minor concerns?
1: I think they're significant concerns. I, I Certainly they're not misplaced concerns um, because you can see in elections in the last couple of years in other countries how AI has impacted those elections, predominantly the United States. And even with the presidential elections of the United States coming along in 2024, we're already seeing AI being utilised, um, you know, arguably negatively. Uh, in that election. So, the US, in the US, the Republican Party on their official YouTube page, and any of your listeners can go onto that YouTube page, actually published um, an advertisement using AI, using AI generated images, which was for this dystopian narrative of what ha- would happen if Biden won in 2024 you know, showing crimes and cities falling apart with Biden standing in the middle of it. So, you know, it's already being used and I think it's responsible to react to it. Um,
0: And those ads, you know, they're speculative ads by the Republicans and I presume they are unashamedly uh, admitting that these are fabricated to envisage a future that uh, Joe Biden, uh, according to them, would create. However, there's other kind of use of AI which would pretend uh, that the images were in fact real of things that were happening now.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, when there when Donald Trump was being indicted, as as an example, there was a plethora of images that came out of Donald Trump being herded into the back, the back of a police car, or Donald Trump in Central Park running away from uh, New York police officers that were obviously generated by AI. But and, uh, are
0: you they know, for, d- d- you know uh, humorous uh, versions? Yeah, exactly.
1: No, exactly. They. I, I well, I found them um, humorous. Um, but you see, I think the, the point is is that those were actually. Images of pretty high quality and, you know, but for their humorous intent, you could see how the technology could be used in other ways. So, for example, like what if there was an image published in a social media site of a politician doing something illegal? that didn't have that obvious humorous undertone. And the way social media works and uh, networks work is that that would spread like absolute wildfire. Mm -hmm. And once that genie is out of the bottle, it's very difficult to get back in.
0: So uh, an image of a politician indulging in uh, inappropriate sexual behaviour, for example, or uh, apparently injecting him or herself with uh, some sort of illegal substance, Those kind of images can be relatively easily generated by AI.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, some of the main AI platforms have guardrails and safeguards where they wouldn't allow you to, for example, produce sexual material, or they'd have blocks around words around drug use, for example. But there are ways of coming up with images that you know have that intent or have particular suggestions. And, you know, you have to consider as well with images like or with technologies like Photoshop, it would be easy to create an image of a politician in a particular pose or whatever, and then take that AI generated image and Photoshop it into an existing image as well. So it's about how images are are used together.
0: Now, eventually, uh, we will all learn to be sceptical about everything we see. I mean, the old uh, adage that the camera does not lie will no longer apply. Um, but for an innocent population, perhaps their scepticism will not be developed enough uh, and they will just lap it all up and believe everything they see.
1: Well, Pat, I'm convinced that, you know, there's a good portion of the population that if they saw a picture of Joe Biden shaking hands with an alien, that they'd be convinced that Joe Biden was in cahoots with aliens to take over the world. And there is an element of that and there's a big problem with social media around that, and I think this is something that's reflected in the tech, in the legislation that's coming down the line, like with the AI Act, for example, which is going to be law in a couple of years. Um, in the schedule, which lists high-risk AI systems, um, the actual democratic process is called out, particular in like in particular in the most recent draft. Of it and that's any recommendation systems for example um that are used by social media platforms that are used to provide you with content um or any systems uh, ai systems which could directly influence an election that's called out as high risk content
0: yeah but how so, do you how do you guard against that i mean you you can introduce all the laws you like um but technology is kind of generally way ahead of the law
1: I think um, the EU is actually doing quite a good job of keeping in pace with the law um, when it comes to digital digitalization. So, you know, for example, the Digital Services Act is is now in force. And in August, the very large online platforms will have to meet um, their full suite of regulatory obligations. And that has you know, big implications for, for those platforms around their recommendation systems around online safety, for example. In Ireland, we've, we've, we now have um, Commission the Man, which will be looking after online safety. Um, in Ireland and in, in the EU, we've got the AI Act coming. We've got the AI Liability Directive coming as well, which will make it mm. easier for victims of AI to sue um, for AI-related injuries.
0: Now, uh, that's probably uh, the only thing that will uh, constrain the platforms if they become publishers, not platforms. In other words, anything that they do, that they publish, which is defamatory or damaging, anything they uh, publish that is untrue uh, can be actionable. Now, obviously, a defence would be that they reacted swiftly and immediately and took down whatever uh, offending thing was uh, complained about. But That would mean they'd have to really sharpen up their response to complaints. Uh, Many people say it takes too long to get stuff taken down. But isn't that the truth of it, that money will be the only thing and penalties that will force these platforms uh, to actually smarten up?
1: Yeah, and I think not just the platforms. I think, you know, for example, if you published an image of a politician doing something illegal, that's defamatory. And and maybe, you know, the time has come for people to be a lot more proactive in protecting their reputations by, you know, preventing people publishing things like these online and actually using the existing laws that are there in that regard. You know, and if you look at the, the defamation option um, you saw in, in the U.S., the issues around the voting machines and the massive, massive financial settlement yeah, that Fox yeah, but that's News a big, has to pay.
0: That's a big company. If, for example, um, the platform publishes uh, or presents something, they don't like the idea that they're publishing, they present something online which has been posted by, um, you know, a member of any particular political grouping or hate group or whatever, uh, which has no resources So you can track down uh, Joe X or Mary Y and sue them. They've no money. It costs you a fortune to get them to court. You win in court. You win damages. You win your legal costs. You get nothing. So what's the point? However, if you sue a platform, they've loads of money. So if you win, they pay.
1: Yeah, and as you say, the the problem with that issue is the hosting defence, that if, if you're merely hosting, um, you know, material and you're not a publisher, and that whole issue currently in the in the US, it's it's a massive debate as well, um, you know, whether or not there's an editorial so the, the, idea. The, the,
0: so you publish something to foundry in a newspaper uh, ha- under the title Opinion. Um, you know, many of the papers have opinion sections. And you just say, well, I'm only hosting... That person whose uh, opinion is printed in our paper, that wouldn't get you very far in the High Court.
1: No, but you're you're raising the very good distinction there and the really important point around like what is considered a publisher. so like a newspaper is obviously considered a publisher and what the, the law grapples with is whether or not the likes of these large online platforms can be considered p- publishers like do they have an editorialization function? Um, for example, and in the US when there was big issue talks around freedom of speech and censorship, um, in the last. US presidential election, there was arguments that oh well, if you're taking down tweets or if you're taking down Facebook posts um, because it's from coming from a particular political persuasion, you're exercising an, ed- an editorial function and that's making a publisher. So you know these platforms actually have to be very careful and they're quite cagey around the extent to which they carry out those activities.
0: So in terms of trying to protect ourselves in the run up to the next election, I mean, obviously, in the election of Donald Trump, the Russians were seen to be involved with these bot farms in uh, somewhere uh, to the east of Ukraine. Anyway, uh, these bot farms were were, uh, creating opinions and votes and so on and swaying the electorate. Um, how would we prevent that kind of thing happening? How would we quickly identify fake videos that we're purporting uh, to show, you know, a minister currently in government doing something the minister should not be doing? How do you guard against all of that stuff?
1: I think the best way to fight against misinformation is with correct information. So in the US, for example, what do you know, there's a couple of studies being carried out and what the recommendations are is that, with a lot of this misinformation, a lot of it is is what they call sticky. It's that there's these core elements of misinformation that are repeated in various guises and forms and pre-bunking as opposed to debunking. So getting out of the traps first and, and getting the correct information out there is very important. Now, I think we're fortunate in Ireland because we have um, quite a clued in electorate um, that it might be more difficult for to, to catch hold misinformation on a widespread basis. but I think where it does catch hold, um, it's important, you know, to ensure that there is proper education around, these new technologies what might happen before we come up to elections i think would be important for the government to do campaigns around just be aware that misinformation is now a thing ai is now capable of doing x y and z just to have it in the back of people's minds to have that degree of skepticism and to approach things with skepticism because i think with the dawn of the internet and since the internet we're a little bit more skeptical skeptical of images but as you say when it comes to videos we accept videos as real like because the technology hasn't been there to fake a video. But now the technology categorically Mm. is there to fake a video. So you could have a video of a politician in a pub saying outrageously racist things as an example and it would be completely fake. But because it's... But how can you
0: pre-bunk that? You know, the politician has an impeccable reputation of being uh, fair about immigration, refugees and so on. Uh, And, you know, that reputation is out there and it's written... In spades, so everyone knows that's the attitude. And then suddenly, some ne'er do well puts out a video of the politician saying something incredibly racist, and that would seem to suggest that politician is a hypocrite. How do you then correct this video that you know goes like a bushfire?
1: Yeah, you're you're talking about the different types of misinformation. So there's these core messages of misinformation. For example, like that. Uh that migrants are committing crimes in percentages that are completely at odds with what the actual factual reality is, as an example. And that's a very oft-repeated um, element of misinformation. And being able to have that pre-bunked when you're dealing with that sticky type of misinformation is one element. Then when it comes to the likes of misinformation that we described about the politician in the pub, that's where you're going to probably need to be very have an agile system for proactively responding to misinformation to mm. to get out there on social okay. media people but here's so here's
0: on. the question if a platform uh, allows this to be ho- uh, hosts this kind of video um can the platform be compelled to identify the source of that video so that the perpetrator can be apprehended quickly or
1: yeah yeah, like that. That's the short answer. But like you know, it comes again in the guise of of um, and as you say, it's it's not a straightforward for somebody who may not have the resources. But it's very possible to in you know, let's say a defamation action or or legal action. Yeah, but why like should that. it
0: be down to civil action? Costs a fortune. You're a lawyer, so you know how much it costs to go to court under any circumstances. Why shouldn't it be the Garthi who do the job on behalf of the citizen, whoever that citizen may be, if an untruth is published uh, on a platform? Why should it have to be a civil matter? Why should it not be a criminal matter?
1: You see, everything's going to have to be balanced with um, the right to freedom of expression and the, the balancing of rights about how prejudicial is that to people. And you're getting back to your your opinion piece. You know, at what point does something stop being a valid opinion, and what at what point does something become criminally wrong? So, if you're looking at the new hate crimes legislation that's uh, coming through the tracks in Ireland, what you're talking about there could very well potentially be something that the Gardaí would actually be able to consider and look at, um, depending on what's stated um, online and um, based on what um, the the minister is dealing with there.
0: All right. Well, look, it's a complex area, and uh, whether laws alone can um Suffice only time will tell as we run into the the local elections and then a general election, maybe late 24, early 25. But for the moment, Barry Scannell, Senior Solicitor with William Fry's Technology Group, uh, thank you very much for joining us.
1: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance.
0: Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.